0: This is the Cleveland Real Estate Investor Podcast with Mike Riley, and today we do a temperature check on the real estate market in Cleveland. We also discuss people asking if we're in a bubble or not, and the rumored feeding frenzy going on in the Cleveland real estate market, and more. Stay tuned. But first, a word from our sponsor. Hi, this is Mike Ferrante with Century 21 Homestar and the 21 Mike team. And let's be honest, sometimes selling a house can be a real hassle. If you're in the Heights area, you have to worry about those pesky point of sale violations. You have to do other preparations to get your house ready for showings. And what about staging? That's why we work with Riley Painting and Contracting to help sellers get top dollar for their house. So give us a call at 216-373-7727 or email info at 21mike.com. The 21 Mike team, your one-stop shop for buying and selling.
1: All right. Hi, everybody. We got a Emergency podcast from from hot, hot, hot Cleveland. Even though it snowed on Sunday, the real estate market is hot. So we're doing a quick heat check with uh, Mike Ferrante. And this guy is so busy, he is in the car doing this podcast on his way to a client. So Mike, eyes on the road, two hands on the wheel, right?
0: (laughs) That's right. Yep. I got uh, several appointments today. Uh, People are coming to market, trying to sell, trying to buy. It's all good stuff.
1: All right now, so give me your uh, give me your latest temperature check.
0: Yeah, so it's more of the same, Mike. You know we've got inventory shortage, multiple offers. The price of properties right now, your guess is as good as mine. So we have what we call a list price, and in a lot of cases, that's the starting price. So we list a property for one hundred fifty thousand. It might sell for $180, 190, and that's no exaggeration.
1: Wow, interesting. Now, these houses that you're listing, are they in good shape? I mean, like move in ready, or are these distressed properties? Do you have any distressed or, you know, fix up properties?
0: You know, there's a handful of properties that are in the need of some work, but mostly what we're seeing right now, the ones that are selling really quickly are the move in ready houses. But that said, what's kind of interesting is that in the past, where buyers have been able to come in, and negotiate repairs, negotiate price based on some deficiencies in the house, that's kind of out the window. So not only have their teeth been taken away on negotiating after inspections, a lot of buyers are waiving inspections. So they're just completely removing that variable uh, based on the market right now.
1: Right, and we saw that with uh, our Rumson house.
0: That's right, yeah, they asked for repairs and uh, I remember the answer from the seller uh, was no.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, the the seller was me, Mike. So we'll just, we'll just I wasn't sure. It. Oh,
0: yeah, I wasn't sure if you wanted to go there, but
1: yeah, I enjoyed that thoroughly. After years of yeah. of okay, 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 yeah, all right, we'll replace that light bulb. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to, to and do you remember, Mike?
0: Mike, do you remember? Do you remember what the agent said? No. The agent said, "Ah, it's a good time to be a seller."
1: Oh, that's true. Yeah. They did say <laughs> that. And we are, we have sold sold off some of the properties we bought 10 years ago. Um well, that although this one on Rumson was a um, you know more of a conventional flip, but that was a distressed property. But yeah, I mean, um they wanted I think the the buyers wanted 2500 discount and and do a laundry list of repairs. And we just simply said no. And they said, okay, yeah. 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 So uh, now if you were a buyer, would it be worth going after more distressed properties where there's not a long bidding war?
0: Well, the problem is there just aren't that many distressed properties. And of course you have every investor who's shopping here in our market competing for those. So it's the same kind of, problem in that segment of the market. Now, certainly if you are an owner-occupant, typically owner-occupants aren't factoring in profit margin. So when owner-occupants compete with investors, they tend to win more often than not. But then they factor in another problem, which is cash versus financing. Most of your investors who are competing for these distressed properties are bringing cash. And as an owner-occupant, You're either bringing financing or worse yet, from the standpoint of the seller, a renovation loan, which is hot with pitfalls and hoops to jump through and less appealing to the seller than cash.
1: I understand. Well, give some advice to those people who are moving into Cleveland, returning back home, are renting from us for a couple of months as they look around for a house. Uh, would I that's I'm starting to realize that it might behoove them if they have a strong cash position already financed whether they go after some of these distressed properties in the areas that they were looking in and uh, just take two or three months to renovate them before they move in
0: yeah I, I do think it's a good idea at uh, the like I said, the main advantage that an owner-occupant buyer has over an investor is that they don't have to factor in profit margin. So let's say you have, let, let's say you're shopping in a city like Cleveland Heights. Right now in Cleveland Heights, finding something under 100000 is tough, and it probably needs renovations, and at least cosmetics. So let's say right. you find a nice granny eyes property. That's a little real estate term for you. You know, something with wallpaper, yellow carpet, you know, hasn't been updated since the 50s. That house could finance with traditional financing. So buying something like that, getting yourself a contractor, like Riley Painting and Contracting, to go in and do all the work in a month or a month and a half, whatever it takes, you're buying at a discount. You're beating out the investors who are only paying 70 for that house that you're willing to pay list price for. And now you've got a house that's worth $150 and you've got some sweat equity in it because you were willing to assume those renovations. I, th- I think that's a great play, Mike.
1: Yeah, I would agree. I'm looking. I'm thinking of some of the customers, clients that we've been talking to who are actively moving back to Cleveland, and uh, they're going to be looking around. And why get in line with houses where you're probably going to overpay anyways when you can go this route? Because a lot of times these people that buy these fixed up these houses that are you know move in ready they've a overpaid in a bidding war, uh, by 20, 30, 40%. And when they move in, they're going to, they're going to redo it to their own taste anyways.
0: Okay. Yeah. This way you can do it to your taste.
1: Exactly. You're going to do, you're going to re repaint the colors. You're going to redo the, you know, maybe do some upgrades on the kitchen. I'm not talking about going crazy, crazy with, you know, six month renovation, but you know, that could be, that could be the smart play. You know, in this market.
0: Yeah. yeah. Do you? When you say, you, when you said this distressed property, Mike, I was thinking, you know, something that was not habitable, but certainly something that's habitable. I think owner occupants can compete and they can compete against those cash investors.
1: Right. We just put a bid in a house in Pepper Pike and you're familiar with, with that street. And uh, it's an estate. The guy's selling a number of his holdings. I think he's retiring or moving out of Cleveland. And this is, uh, this is where his late wife lived. You know, there's a lot of things that needed to be cleaned up. And we just made him an offer as is, cash offer as is. And, you know, it's a strong offer for him. It's just one less thing he a number less thing he has to do. In fact, right. we even made an offer with the furnishings included. So now he doesn't have to move the furnishings out. So oh, yeah. I think um Thinking outside the box in this market for a buyer is very, very important because the rules are changing. The million dollar question I get asked a lot. Do you think this is a bubble? Wow,
0: a lot of people are asking that question and it certainly has a lot of the symptoms of a bubble, but the only thing that's missing is the cause at the back end of it that's going to cause it to top. So I think without having some kind of catastrophe, like a war or another pandemic on the back end, the demand supports the high prices. And until things even out, I think this is the new normal. I I don't think we're going to see a bubble like we did in 08 through 2011, 2012. If anything, I could see some kind of adjustment where something happens that we don't know you know, what it is yet, whatever this cause is going to be, and things plateau or maybe even take a short-term dip. But you know, when you think about it, Mike, one of the reasons that investors have flocked to Cleveland for so, so many years is this disparity between the prices of homes and the rents that they could get. So when you think about it, the market has been out of whack for a while in the wrong way. Homes here have been undervalued for a long time.
1: I agree. As is evidenced agree. by the
0: rents. So I don't think it's a bubble in the sense that people are thinking.
1: Right. I think California could be getting into a little bit of bubble because you have a lot of people who are simply moving from California. I mean, I've heard endless stories Uh, people moving to Idaho, people moving to Washington, people, Oregon. um, Texas is
0: another destination for Californians, especially the conservative ones.
1: Yeah. Well, depends on where, you know, what part of Texas, but still Idaho, super conservative. Uh, My brother-in-law lives there and he's, uh, you know, he's very conservative, but, you know, they're just sick of California. They're sick of the taxes. They're sick of the, you know, they can cash out. Of, of their house of two million and, you know, buy something, you know, twice as big for half the price. But even Idaho is going through a boom Oh yeah, because of that, that California spillover yeah. is causing, you know, prices to just explode, you know, in that area. But I think you're absolutely right. I, I've been telling people Cleveland is going through a correction on the upside of values. It's not it's not, it's not a speculative bubble, which was happening 10 years ago. I mean, remind people what it was like as a realtor in 07, 06. Was there a feeding right. frenzy?
0: Oh, so- say it, it was a similar situation, but it was being fed by a bunch of outside forces that eventually caused the bubble to burst. So yes, I, I'll tell you a story that epitomizes this. I was living on a street called Riverside and... I saw the house across the street from my little duplex sell for like $95,000 in an era where that house probably should have been valued at $75,000. And when I saw that, I scratched my head and I said, wow, something's not right. And then the whole mortgage fiasco happened and the, the house of cards came tumbling down. And, and, but yes, prior to that, anyone could get financed. Uh, the prices were just off the charts. But what's different now is that I don't think we have that that end cause that's going to cause the cards to come tumbling down.
1: Right, let me jump on that one point you said anyone can get financing cuz anybody who's seen the movie or read the book The Big Short, that was the key. Yep. It was you had a, a lot of new buyers who didn't know any better, who were getting loans where they didn't have to put anything down, their credit score was irrelevant, irrelevant, and they were encouraged by the Bush administration, the value of home ownership. We've had a couple of our original clients, they were med students at uh, university hospitals and they were going to Case Medical School. They were counseled by their parents or other people that the smart play instead of renting was to buy a house, live there for three years, build up the equity. Then when you get matched up, at some city around the country, you could simply sell it and make a profit. Well, guess what? They bought in 06, 07 at the high end. When they graduated in 09 or 2010, the market had collapsed. Their house was now worth half of what they paid for. So not only did they have student loans, but they had this horrific uh, upside down mortgage situation with their house. And exactly they turned to renting their house. And these were our, one of our early clients because they just couldn't afford yeah. to write a check for $30,000 to the bank. Yeah. Well, now we have one of our original clients. They're at a point now where they're actually net plus on this. So they've been using the, um, depreci- the tax depreciation uh, now that they're making more money you know, as a doctor. Uh, and now they have, they have an asset. Which they're collecting rents for. So, it, you know, in some cases it's worked out. But this is not a bubble, folks, in Cleveland. This is a market correction on the upside. And there are strict banking loan regulations in place to protect from the speculators. Is that a good way to say it? I
0: agree 100%.
1: So, all right. Well, we've got uh, one last question for you, Mike, before you go sell another house. Uh, I, understand <laughs> okay. there, I understand there's a feeding frenzy for duplexes in Cleveland. That's the word on the street.
0: Well, whoever told you that, whatever little birdie told you that is correct. Uh, it, it's, a, it's pretty across the board as far as the uh, demand. But you're right. The investors love the numbers on the duplexes. And like anything else, there's, there's good and bad you know, the duplexes do have the advantage on paper of higher cash flow, typically. Uh, But remember, you have other things to consider when making an investment, things like turnover, um, you know, the type of tenant you get, the locations of the duplexes. So I'm not saying good or bad, they're just different.
1: Well, I will say this, it's bad. It's a bad deal. Uh, Duplexes bring a whole host of, of issues that Most people never thought about, and you know, tenants fighting among themselves, the endless, endless repairs that you have to do, and I think um, people now are massively overpaying for these duplexes. There is value in Cleveland to buy, but I think they're they're in the uh, they're getting into more unusual markets, like getting back to Pepper Pike, Moreland Hills, out. Out east, a little bit more. There doesn't seem to be the same sort of feeding frenzy out there. Your thoughts, Mike?
0: Uh, without a doubt, in the higher price ranges, the demand is less, uh, especially in the luxury market. I, I see that being softer than everything else. So, you know, if you're looking, if you're a luxury buyer, and I'd call that, say, five, six hundred and up here in our market, I know a lot of listeners are like, 500,000, I can't get a check for that where I live. But honestly, uh, five hundred six hundred thousand gets you a mansion here in Cleveland with land, pr- probably a beautiful setting. Uh, you know, certainly we have our our million dollar plus homes here. but I think that's the soft spot in the market. and I think yeah. that that's a good indicator of you know what's going to happen long term. But like we've talked about many times, there's really no solution for the lack of housing in the 80 to 150 range. There, there's no builders building $140,000 houses anymore. It's just not possible, especially with the prices of
1: lumber. Right, right. And building a house now with the supply chain disruptions, it's like it's like mm-hmm. right after World War II. I mean, we're getting into a little inflation. I think the Fed is understanding that this is uh, something that's got to play itself out and lowering uh raising interest rates to cool inflation is not going to change anything it's just a fundamental nature of the supply chain having to work itself out and that applies to the housing market so yeah okay well listen i know you're you're anxious to uh sell another house so uh thanks to for taking time for our heat check podcast and uh i'll catch up to you in the afternoon for part two
0: excellent always a pleasure mike thanks
1: Okay. Bye.
0: All right. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Cleveland Real Estate Investor Podcast. Find all our episodes on www.riley-properties.com or on your favorite streaming services like Apple Podcasts, Over Podcasts, Spotify, and more.